Okay, Booker Tov. Today's daf is Kuf Chaf, the penultimate daf. Um, and we start at the bottom of Kuf Yisrael We had read the Mishnah, You don't have an Afikomen as a way of departing from the Pesach. As I pointed out, it is fascinating, I'll just repeat quickly, that the Mishnayot do not discuss the eating of Mat and Maror. And the last few Mishnayot, as we're about to see, discuss the eating of the Pesach. So it gets to the, to the heart of the question of how much are, is this parak assuming that it's Bisman Habayas? Um, an earlier mission made it sound not that way because it had to identify what you would do Bisman Habayas, or how much is it assuming Bisman Hazeh? So anyway, we, but the last few Mishnayot, although no discussion of Matzah, discuss the Pesach and say after the Pesach you don't end with an Afikomen. What is an Afikomen? There are two opinions. Um, Rav said it is going to other Chaburot, um, and we pointed out that that is sort of the uh, Greek idea of afikomen, which is a Greek word, which is a sort of a, cara- uh, you know, um, a after carousing after party, um, and um, that you would go to different people's meals and uh, drink and do other inappropriate things. Um, so, you know, and that obviously relates to the fact of how much of the Seder is modeled after a certain type of a Greek eating and a Greek meal or Roman. Um, and, um, I should say Roman. Um, and, um, and, uh, but in the context here, it would mean a concern that if you go eat somewhere else while people are still eating, you'll come to eat the Korban Pesach in two places. And Shmuel gives the interpretation we're familiar with, which is really it's eating anything afterwards, presumably for the concern that you will come to take out the taste of the Korban Pesach from your mouth, although the Gemara has not actually said that. So now we pick up with that discussion following that approach of Shmuel, six lines from the bottom, on Kuf Yeteram Udbet, Amar Rav Yudam Shmuel. Amar Rav Yudam Shmuel, Ein Mafjirin Acher Matzah Afikomen. Not only after Pesach, which as we pointed out is the emphasis of the last Mishnayot, but even nowadays after Matzah, you don't eat anything afterwards. Which means, if you're not going to eat anything after Matzah, it means that you're going to have to have Matzah at the very end of the meal. So the whole idea of the Afikomen, which here means the thing you're not supposed to have, and some type of a dessert, is really becomes identified with the last thing, or and therefore becomes the Matzah we eat at the end of the meal, which we do in order to ensure that there's no Afikomen after the matzah. But if you were wondering why do we eat another kazais of matzah at the end of the meal, it is because of this ruling of Rav Yudam Shmuel. It is not a proactive idea that there's some importance of having another kazais of matzah. It is the idea that you don't want anything to come after the matzah. Now, I will discuss, right, in a minute, once you're going to have matzah at the beginning and you're going to have matzah at the end and you don't want anything after the matzah, that winds up giving weight to the matzah at the end because that's the one that's is going to be the one that has nothing after it. So which of the two matzahs is, is, is the significant one? We'll talk about that in a minute. Let's first read a little bit of the Gemara. Um, um, so now let's see if Shmuel's position can be supported or contradicted based on the Mishnah. The Mishnah says, It's only after the Pesach it's a problem. Um, after matzah it's not a problem. The Mishnah says, no. Lomi Bayakamar goes without saying. It goes without saying that after matzah you shouldn't eat an afikomen because matzah doesn't have a strong taste. Pesach that has a, 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 a very strong taste and it won't be, um, you know, won't be removed by just some eating of some food. You'll still have that taste in your mouth. Maybe it shouldn't be a concern. That it is a concern. Now, um, so, um, so, okay. So therefore, the, the, the mission does not exclude. The mission is talking about Bizman Habayis and being Mechadesh, that even Bizman Habayis and even by a Pesach, it's a problem. But of course, if all you had was nowadays matzah, that certainly would be an issue of not having anything afterwards. Um, let's try to support now Shmuel's position. Various types of like uh, uh, biscuits and uh, pastries, other donuts. donuts. You can ha- you can have your fill of them. You know, as long as they don't become, as long as you as long as you don't let them ferment, you can have. I mean, all of these types of mizonos on will say there. But you have to make sure that the matzah you're eating comes at the end. It can't come, if you only have one device of matzah, it has to come at the end, not at the beginning. So you see, there's, a, there's an importance of making sure that your matzah comes at the end. Bachrona in very shown low, your matzah has to come at the end, not at the beginning. So that seems to support Rav Yudam Yes. There's no mention here of a kazayas. Right, I was going to ask. Here it's a kazayas. 
Yeah, says, Uvashi Ochok Kazais Matzav Achrona. You mean when Shmuel just says, Ein Machzid Achraf, you go, okay, I'll talk about that. But here it says Kazais. I'll get that. Let's read this and I'll talk about how it translates for us. Okay. Lomi Baya Kamer. Go without saying. Lomi Baya Barishona Dekeach Loteava. No. Just because it says there you have it at the end doesn't mean you have to have it at the end. It means it's okay to have it at the end. Certainly it'd be better. This is a way that it doesn't have to support Shmuel. The opposite possibility. It would be better to have it at the beginning that you eat it when you're hungry. Right? Remember the whole beginning of the Mishnayot is you don't eat Erev Pesach to come in to eat with an appetite. But to eat it at the end I would think you'll be stuffed by that time and it won't be a legitimate eating. Um, it wouldn't even count as a Masa or if it would, it would be inappropriate. There are different degrees of achilagasa. So much stuffing that it doesn't even count as eating and a, and a lower degree where it counts, but it's inappropriate. Um, aim a low. I might think it's not acceptable to have it in the end. Kamash Milan, that it is acceptable. So we don't know whether the statement of Rav Yudah Mashmol is correct or not based on the Mishnayot and the Brightot. Now, Marzutra Masni Hachi. Now, Marzutra has a different version of this. Amar Rav Yosef, Amar Rav Yudah Mashmol, a statement in the name of Rav Yudah Mashmol saying the opposite. Mastirin Achar Masafikomen. It's only a problem with the Korban Pesach. It's not a problem nowadays with the Matzah. So now the proofs become questions and the questions become proofs. Name him if I let me let me try to support you from our Mishnah. The Mishnah only says not after the Pesach. After Matzah should be okay. So much says no. Let me buy a comment. No, that doesn't prove it. And maybe it's saying the opposite. Maybe it goes without saying. Let me buy It goes without saying that after Matzah you can't eat the low nafish time. It doesn't have a strong taste, a lot of taste that you can't eat afterwards. To the Pesach, maybe it shouldn't be a problem. That it is okay. So that Mishnah doesn't doesn't prove it. Now, Mesfei, let me challenge you. You can have your fill of all this Mizonos as long as you have a Kazayis Mat at the end. So you see, it says that it has to come at the end. That as a challenge to you that says it does not have to come at the end. But it says, no, let me buy a comer. It goes without saying. Let me buy a barishon. It goes without saying the beginning is okay. There it's even better. You're eating it with an appetite. Although I might think you're not allowed to have it at the end. You're allowed to, but not that you have to. So we have these two different opinions about whether you have to have a kezayis matzah at the end. Um, and obviously we rule like you do, and that's our afikoman. Now, I want to make some comments about that. First, what is the reason for the Gemara's possibility that it's only a requirement by Pesach and not by Matzah? Um, as the Gemara says, the Pesach has a stronger taste. Shouldn't it be a Kavachomer? So you could try to say, you know, that somehow the importance of Pesach, not every mitzvah sachila, although it would be interesting to think what other mitzvah sachila do, do we actually have, Mm, not too many other mitzvahs that we have other than we'll say that what? Korban but that's again a Korban anyway but it could be why all of a sudden is it all this whole thing that you have to have the taste in your mouth just because there's a mitzvah to do it so who needs to keep the taste in your mouth you're done with you you did your mitzvah you're done with it I would remind you that the Gemara said earlier by matzah that if you swallowed it whole your yotze Gemara is only concerned with the taste of marah not the taste of matzah so Maybe it's specifically, it's not this, any mitzvah, you have to, eating mitzvah, you have to have the taste in your mouth. Maybe it should only be an issue with the Korban Pesach. Why the Korban Pesach? Either as a general issue, maybe with Korbanot, okay, that is an interesting question about how we would treat a similar issue by Korbanot. Um, you know, and obviously because of the, the profound symbolism of the Korban Pesach, which even if Sabir Mat is an independent mitzvah, does not hold that degree of symbolism as the Korban Pesach does. So one way of explaining it is just there's more of a, re, a desire to, you know, the power of the Korban Pesach is such that we're more mocked that the taste remain in your mouth rather than other, rather than other mitzvot. The alternative is, and as I said, the Gemara isn't even mocked on the taste of matzah. And all of the hakpadas of the achila, right, sliyeh, shumatzos, all these types of things, there's such a focus on the achila of Pesach that you want that to keep that for a while. That's one reason the Pesach might be different. The other reason, Tosa says, is maybe it's not, there's not an idea of keeping the taste in your mouth at all, not by the Pesach or by the matzah. And the only reason you want to eat the Pesach at the end, there's another reason to eat the Pesach at the end. Yeah. What? To eat it al-hasova. Right? That you should be 
satiate it and then you eat it. Now, what's the importance of eating it al soba? In a way, as we said, isn't there a contradiction with the idea of eating it l'teyavon? Isn't there a concern of achila gasa? So it's like striking that exact, you know, sweet center where it's like, it's, it's on the one hand, you're not ravenous and you're not eating it just because you to fill your hunger. You're eating it more in a symbolic way as a way of show, you know, importance, but not just because you're starving. And at the other hand, not to be stuffed so that it's not an appropriate type of eating either. So one reason of eating it al sova is not to just eat it as a way of just sat- satisfying your hunger, but there's another reason as well that's unique to the Korban Pesach. So take a look at Tosfos, Mafkirin Acher Matzafi Komen. So the says, Why would it be just an issue for the Pesach? Hanafi It doesn't have a stronger taste. So I tried to say it by downplaying matzah. Uh, you know, matzah is just a mitzvah. Pesach has all of this symbolism. Let's see what this says. If you're eating it when you're ravenous, you're going to start chewing the bones and sucking out the marrow. <laughs> so it's just a really a safeguard to protect you about breaking the bones. So, no, we didn't. Uh, we had breaking the bones. We did not have that. This is why you eat it at the end. So now, then Zosu says, but then Zosu points out, actually, though, by all Corbano, there's an idea of, being, of not being ravenous when you eat it. No breaking bones by a mincha. There's no prohibition anyway by other Corbanos, but certainly by a mincha. Okay, that the idea is the opposite, also not, not the opposite, but different. Not that you shouldn't be ravenous when you eat it, but that you should, when you're done, you should be satisfied. It should, you know, you should say, ah, oh, I ate this and now I'm full. And it shouldn't be, I ate this, but where's the rest of the meal? Okay, so, and that's why you're supposed to have it at the end. So what we do is we have a couple of reasons to want to eat the Pesach at the end. On the one hand, the concern is Achila Gaza, Okay, but on the other hand, the reason seated at the end is you don't want to be starving so you don't break a bone. You don't want to be so hungry that after you're done eating it, you still say, okay, but where's the rest of the meal? And that's inappropriate, right? You don't want to sort of finish your mitzvah of eating a korban and say, and, but I'm not done. I would throw out, I, I would suggest the reason of, what do you call it, of um, that eating it if you're ravenous makes it less of a masa mitzvah. You're just eating it to satisfy your appetite. And you could still say, you know, the issue of having the taste in your mouth, but it's more important by the Pesach than it is by the Matzah. The Pesach is, has all of the symbolism in a way that the Matzah does not. So we have all of these reasons to eat it at the end. And as you now can appreciate, you know, it's not so obvious it should apply to the Matzah. And that's the debate in the Gemara, whether the Matzah has to be eaten at the end. Now, if you do eat the Matzah at the end, in order that it should be, you should have that taste in your mouth, what is the mitzvah, the Doraisa the, the, the mitzvah of the Achilles Matzah? So here, the Rashbam says, it is the last Kezayis. And that's the emphasis of Kezayis in this other Brayta. If that's the one you're going to eat at the end, and that's the one you're not going to eat afterwards, then that is a Zecher, he says, for the Matzah, which is Nechal Im HaPesach. And this also becomes interesting, right? Because Matzah has two functions. One function of Matzah is an independent mitzvah, and that's Bizman Azetzko, right? And the other is, Amatos Rimarim Yochluhu. And this is a way of thinking about maybe the different roles of the first Kezayis of Matzah and the Afikomen. The Rashbam actually bundles it all together. He says, if it's coming at the end, from the same way the Korban Pesach was eaten at the end, this is eaten at the end because this would symbolize the Matzah eaten with the Korban Pesach. Okay? And then he goes further to say, and this is the Matzah of the Mitzvah. If this is the Matzah of the Mitzvah, why do we make al Matzah at the beginning? So he says, do you remember a discussion earlier where you weren't doing the mitzvah yet, but you were making a bracha earlier on when you started eating? What was that discussion? About the maror. He says, you're right. We really should make the bracha alachiyos matzah at the end. But since you start eating matzah at the beginning, you have to start your meal, you make it there. But the real mitzvah of matzah is the kezayis at the end. That's what the Rashbam says. Toso suggests an alternative, and in a way it's cleaner, because it gives roles to each, to each kezayis. That the first kezayis of matzah is the mitzvah achilas matzah, the independent mitzvah. And the last kezayis is the same way the Pesach was eaten at the end. This last kezayis represents the Korban Pesach, or represents the matzah with the Pesach. And you eat that at the end, and that's the taste that stays in your mouth. And each one plays a role. Of course, according to that, maybe you should just do Korach at the end. That would solve it So anyway, and then, again, none of this is in the Gemara. And then, that's why you go, you go ahead and you use the Afikomen, because really, the Gemara, remember, the Gemara never said what you do with the other half. 
It said you break it, so you save the seder on a, on a broken piece of matzah. According to the Gemara, you, who knows, you maybe did nothing with the other half. But now that we have decided there has to be matzah at the end, we've got a use for the afikomen, for that thing we put aside, and that gets used for the kezayas at the end. Yes, Charlie. So we, we had a ruling that we don't recite al maror at the beginning because we're going to use a different vegetable. For right. So if I am going to have a different type of matzah for the afikomen... What do you mean? Matzah shira? No, so no, like, like, like uh, belt or whatever it is, belt or uh, barley matzah or uh, yeah, it doesn't matter if it's a, if it's if, if it's the if it's an act that could be the matzah mitzvah. According to that idea, you would have to make the bracha. You can't be doing the act that would have been the matzah mitzvah and and only make the bracha later. But that agrees with the argument with the argument that we should stay out of here maror at the very beginning when we do the karpas. If you were eating maror for the karpas, yes. And the same way here, if you're eating a matzah, you would have been yotze with, you would have to. Yeah. Two questions. One is, then why would you eat it? Because I have to eat one of them. And then the other one is, yeah. Two, with it. And the other question is, let's say, all right, that's it. I, I'm just full of matzah. I don't want any shokhanara. Right. Can I just dispense of all this? And those that have my afterlife matzah, can I do double duty? <laughs> can I count my afterlife? No, I'm serious. According to, according to, to Tosfos, according to Tosfos, yes. If all you had was matzah, and it's interesting, you know, how about if you had the whole, if you ended with korach, because uh, yes. that might be the perfect way right. to end, like exactly. I was saying, you know, because that's actually, it's a zeichelatazak. Maybe, in theory, Okay, obviously we have it structured in a very different way, you know, and we call this afikomen, we give it an identity, and then we say it has to be eaten according to the Gemara, of course, it's afikomen is what you don't do afterwards. But yes, in theory, in theory, yes. Um, now, the Kizayim, the reason they say, so let me just go quickly and repeat how we do the matzah, all the matzah things, and then we'll continue. Okay, we start with three matzahs. Okay, why three? Because you're going to break one and you want two shleimos less because you want to, assuming you need two shleimos even during yantav. As we said, some say that the half counts as a shalem because there's a reason for it to be a half on it. But we have three. So we break the middle one. That is the one that you say the Haggadah over it because the idea of lechem oni is broken. Again, you need the others for it to be the lechem mishnah. But that's the one that in a way relates to the whole story of the Haggadah. Then you get the, the other one, the other half is put aside, according to the Gemara, you can completely ignore it. The Gemara also doesn't discuss the third matzah, so all of this sort of gets developed in the Rishonim. The Gemara doesn't even discuss the first, the, 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 the other Shalim either. It all gets developed in the Rishonim. Then you come to your bracha, Alchilas Matzah and Hamoti Lechemina Aret. Somehow this idea to give some role, I imagine, to each one, is that the alachilas matzah goes on the, uh, uh, that the hamoti uh, lechem goes on the shalem, and the al, you know, or the two shlemos, then you drop one, but it's also on the shalem, and the alachilas matzah goes on the broken, and that you have a kezayis from each. Now that's bizarre, because, uh, because, um, since when, when you make a birchas haneni, do you have to have a whole kezayis? And since when do you say, it has, it's called, my birchas haneni is going on this one and not on that one. It could be going on all of them. So some of this is just as a way to give a role to each thing. And you eat a kezayis from each. Now part of the idea of eating, uh, so that's that. Then you do korech with the third, with the third one, the other shalom that you put down. Give that a role. And now we're going to wind up using the half that we put aside to do this job of the last kezayis. And we wind up calling it an afikomen. So we've managed to give a role to everything. Now, Michael says that the halach is you're supposed to try to have two kezayis by the afikomen. I think really, if I'm not, rem- if I'm not misremembering, the, halachas, the reason there that a lot of these uh, seder books or whatnot or, or charts say to have two kezayis is they're saying, since according to some, that's the joraisa, you should have a double size to be yotze this year chazanish. I don't believe that they're actually saying that as a din of snake is Asia, right? but I can double check yes, on that. Is, I understand this, that you should at least be making your bracha and have a kazai, meaning have a kazai present. It doesn't right. mean you should be eating kazai each time, right? Yeah, but if there's a mitzvah vachila, mitzvah vachila, you're only yotze with a kazai. So, I, the only question is why Birchaz Anenin we say you're supposed to have a Kazayas. And again, I think that's also, but that, that's a legitimate question. But everything else, if there's a mitzvah, then Achiva is the Kazayas. Okay, but that's how we get this idea. And again, as I said, you know, it's much nicer to think of it as way that it gives a different identity. First of all, you get Al-Achilas Matzah and you actually do the Matzah Mitzvah. And then you get the symbolism of, this is, we did the Mitzvah Matzah, but this is symbolic of Achilas HaPesach. And you can actually have some type of an achila that's symbolic of achila of Pesach at the end. And that comes at the end the same way the Pesach came at the end. And that's the role of what we now call the afikomen. Okay, so now the Gemara continues. Amar Rava. Um, now we have to cl- clear up some business that uh, is sort of relevant for the whole parak that we have yet to get to. Amar Rava. Matzah bismanazet yoraisa. Matzah is biblical. It is independent. It's not just playing this role of eating with the Pesach and symbolic of the Pesach. Umar is rabbinic. 
Why is Maror only rabbinic? Because it says you eat the Pesach with Mat and Maror, so it's part of the mitzvah of eating the Pesach. When there is a Pesach, there is. When there isn't a Pesach, there isn't. So Maror is only rabbinic because it's only an, something that comes with the Pesach. Matanami. Matzah also is only something that comes with the Pesach. Haksiva Matzah Zimroi. So the Maror says, no. Matzah, Mahadar Hadabekra. Matzah, the Torah goes back to say that it's an independent obligation. By Erev Tochu Matzot, in the evening you should eat Matzot. Now, if you ask any good yeshiva guy uh, or gal, what, where do you know that you're supposed to eat Matzot? And they'll say, it says, the Pasuk, Erev Tochu Matzot. The problem is, is that the Gemara pretty much rewrote the Pasuk by putting the commas in the different places. <laughs> the Pasuk says, it says, you should eat, you know, Matzot Yechel Eichivat, or it says, Eichivat Hayamim, uh, can you find the Pasuk? It's basically, Parishon Baba Asar Lachod no, 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 no. Yeah, right. What's Right. So if you eat it all seven days, and what they do is they cut out the word, but but say at the beginning of the pasuk again. So they cut out the, those words. But Tochu Matzot in the evening, right, the beginning of Pesach, and they lop off the end of the Pesach, which says, until the very last evening, right? So that, this Pesach says, you do it all seven days, and they read the first part, which just is the beginning, the, the start point, okay, and make it independent. Because really, the Torah never speaks about a particular mitzvah at night. It speaks about eating matzahs all seven days. So then you could say, now maybe that means that you're, that you're, that, you know, if you don't eat bread, eat matzah. There's not a, a, an obligation to make sure you eat matzah. But either it's a mitzvah to eat every single day, or it's not a mitzvah any day. The only place that particularly underscores a time to eat matzah, other than a generic seven days, is with the Korban Pesach. But what the Gemara does is, it singles out the first night, based on this reading of the Pasuk. Okay, but Erev tofu matzot, in the evening eat matzot. No, he's more of a Pashtun. He says, guess what? It's a little disappointing because according to him, there's no Doraita eating mitzvah this night. And he says, and, uh, but it's all Durabanan. And I should, by, uh, so, by the way, I should also remind you, according to him, not only is Matzah not Doraita, remember what the Gemara said before? If Matzah isn't Doraita, what else isn't Doraita? Remember? What is what's connected to the matzah? Magi, like So according to this, this is a really disappointing position. Because according to this, there's no Doraita mitzvah on the little seder. Nothing. Namaru we already knew. Not the matzah, not the magi. Probably the only Doraita that you're doing on the little seder is birchas a muslim and kiddush. Okay. So anyway, so he says, he says, oh, that's a good point. Maybe kiddush for yanta because it's after by Shabbos. Yeah, good point. So maybe only beer but only at the time of the Korban Pesach. So if you were Tameh or you were a, a, a faraway place, you would still have the mitzvah of eating matzah. I would have thought, even the Pesach, if you're not eating the Pesach, don't eat matzah maror, kamash malan, that you do. Now this is a very strange opinion because it basically says matzah and maror only exist at the time of the Korban Pesach, not Izman Azeh, but you can have a mitzvah to eat them without the Korban Pesach. Even though the Torah frames it as Al Matzah how you eat the Korban Pesach, if for some reason you're not eating Korban Pesach, there still is a mitzvah to eat this, to connect to everybody else who's eating the Korban Pesach, I guess. Okay, but it becomes very interesting. It can exist independent of the Korban Pesach, but only at the time of, Pes- of, of the Korban, not Izman Hazeh. Nowadays, it's a Dravadan. Rabbi will say to you, You don't need a Pasuk. It's not different from an RL and a Ben Neichar, who also don't need the Korban Pesach. Okay, Ben Neichar, Pesach means a non-Jew, but according to Chazal, it means somebody who is an apostate. Detanya, kol RL lo yochal, bo, you cannot eat from it, from it the Pesach. Bo ain't no ochal, can't eat from it. Aloha, the Matzah Mara, he eats the Matzah Mara. 
the reasons to say you would have that you would have made t- maybe arguments that one category is different than the other like the Gemara always makes arguments they're not or can't all be thrown in the same category so the puzzle had to tell you by all of them so again it is very strange because it, see, it's, according to him it does not exist nowadays when there's no Pesach but when there is a Pesach it could exist independent if you're not eating the Korban Pesach okay now so this is the other way the Gemara learns that, uh, or part of the way the Gemara learns that there is not a um, obligation, to, that there is an obligation unique to the first night. It starts by saying, how do we know there's not an obligation to eat all seven days? Because in this one pasuk, it only speaks about eating six days. Six days you should eat matzot, and on the seventh is a yantav. Now, of course, you could say on the seventh is a yantav, and you eat matzot then as well. But the Gemara points out that the pasuk only mentions in this pasuk eating for six days. Mashvi so the same way according to this pasuk, the seventh day is not mentioned, and therefore you don't have to eat on the seventh day. Avsheshes yamim so then it's true about the whole six days. Once, yeah, all the other pasukim speak about seven days, and now we find out that one of those seven is a rishos. So if that's true, the whole the other six is also a rishos. It's all just a rishos. It means if you want to eat a bread product, eat matzah, but not that you have an obligation to eat matzah. As you see, on day seven, you don't have an obligation. You don't have an obligation on any of the days. My timer, what's the reason? It was in a category of all seven days. And it went and it was taken out of the, of, of the category to teach something about it. That the seventh day is a rishus, even though it had been said seven days eat matzah in other psukim. It wasn't just telling you something about itself. It came out to teach you about the whole category that really everything in that category when it says seven days eat matzah the same way the seventh day doesn't really mean you have to eat matzah. So on the, for all the days of the category you don't have to eat matzah. It just means, you're, it just means this is what you would do if you're interested in having bread. But it does not mean you have a, an obligation to make sure that you do it. So, once we say that maybe you don't even have to eat the first night okay now that's as part of the Kompesa that's when there's a base of Mikdash how do I know when there's no base Mikdash? Back to that pasuk. The pasuk made it an obligation. So here is why. Now we assume we, we paskin matzah bismanas esdil raisa maras drabanan. Matzah plays a role of both accompanying the pesach and an independent mitzvah, according to the way Chazal read the pasuk. And therefore, magid is also del raisa because magid has to connect to the mitzvah halayla. You know, the, as we spoke, kosholom shloshet varm elu. It connects to the to the uh, eatings that you do that night. So it's, so it's without having ma- so because matz is their raisa, magid is also their raisa. Yes. So then they don't have to do it now, right? So Tosos either Tosos or, I think Tosos says that, and that's when the Gemara says in theory you could have distinguished, and therefore you needed it by both. The Gemara just didn't elaborate, but that's the point that could have been made. But I do want to reiterate, by the way, one way of reading this Gemara is to say not that Tamein Hayyabederch Lachoka have to eat matzah mara, but that they're allowed to eat matzah mara, um, which is a little bit bizarre. Why would I think they're not? But maybe they're so symbolically connected to the Pesach that the same way they're not allowed to eat Pesach, they're not allowed to eat this. But the simple sense of the Gemara is not that way that they have an obligation to eat matzah mara, which again, to, to reiterate, is a strange idea that even if you think matzah is not independent and it doesn't apply to Bisman Hazeh, when there is a Korban Pesach, if you're not eating the Pesach, you would still eat matzah, not just matzah, you'd also have to eat maror. So it's a weird position that, that it's tied into the Pesach, but really more the Zman HaPesach rather than the Achiva HaPesach. And as I said, we rule that it is Deo Raisa Bisman Hazeh and hence Magid is Deo Raisa as well um, and it does play two roles and just to reiterate what we said before, it's nice to think about the two achilas matzahs we do. The one we do right, right after hamotzi, right after you know the bracha, which is the separate mitzvah, and the one at the end, which is the symbolic of the pesach. We also have korach, that's symbolic of the pesach, of the achilas pesach as well. Okay, yes. I thought of one other mitzvah of achilas, by the way. Yeah. Uh, right, right. That's a good point. Yes. But you know, but enough. I mean, despite the fact you say you're only have matzah, but you're still making uh, two, two more cups. Yeah, so that's the issue, you know, the point that you can't do anything about it, and also that drinking is seen as not as much as washing around the way to taste as eating, although, of course, with masa, it's so easy to wash away the taste. There's barely any taste to begin with. So that's a discussion. Can you drink anything after, after, after the coast of Birch of the Mullen, after that last Kazayas? 
So Tosus discusses that, right? So it may, there's a debate. Maybe other otherwise not, and she should really be low yishta. Water generally is assumed yes, that doesn't affect the taste. Although again, with matzah, the taste is so weak, even water will wash it away. But um, but then question about drinking other things. Okay, let's now come to the penultimate Mishnah from the penultimate stuff. Yes, no, you, you see, I like that word penultimate. Okay. Yashnu miksasan yochlu kulan. No, that's not how you read it. Yashnu miksasan yochlu. Kulan lo yochlu. If some people from the group fell asleep, then they can, then they can, you can continue eating when you wake up. If they all fall asleep, you cannot continue eating. What's the problem of continuing eating? So again, we're assuming the Quran Pesach, and the idea is that it's like eating the Pesach in two places. If everybody fell asleep and then woke up again, you know, you regain consciousness. It's like you now have, are in a new place than you were before. Obviously, it's only a rabbinic type of a concern. Yes, exactly. So this is, the, this is a very strange concern, but that's the concern. So you have to, but if some people were still awake, then there's some continuity. By that, reason, by that reason, you sleep too much on Shabbos, you wake up in a different room. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Now, um, you could have said, by the way, you could have said that the concern is, is that it's like an achilah afikomen. That if you fall asleep and then you wake up, you were eating masa, you fell asleep, you want to eat more masa? No, because you've already finished your meal. So any new eating is like the afikomen eating. Anyway, but the Rashbam says that the concern is it's like eating the Pesach in two places. Okay. Rabbi Yossi Omer, Nisnamnimu, if they were just dozing, then you can continue eating. Near Demu, if it was a deep sleep, lo yochlu, you cannot continue eating. Okay, now there's a question if Rabbi is being mekel or machmir. Right, he could say, even when it's allowed and only some of them fell asleep, it's not only some of them, you also need it to be just a light sleep. Or is he saying, no, even if all of them fall asleep, as long as it's only a light sleep, it's okay. Right, so it's not clear. He makes the difference between a light and a deep sleep, but is he being mekel or machmir? Now the Pesach, we're still talking about eating from Pesach, after midnight it causes your hands to become Tameh because it becomes Notar. Because according to the, this Mishnah, you can't eat the Korban Pesach after midnight. You don't have the whole night either, just until midnight. And therefore it becomes Notar. So Notar, if you touch Notar, it makes your hands Tameh. We'll discuss that. And that's the last line. There's a general rule. Pigo, which is a korban that you have, that, the, that the Kohen plan to eat, or the Shochet plan to eat at the wrong time, then the korban is invalid. Or notar, when the meat is left over. Either way, is rabbinically, if you handle this, it causes tumah. We'll see why in the Gemara. So let's look at the Gemara. There's a difference between dozing and a deep sleep. What's the case of dozing? Amaravashi, nim below nim, tier below tier. Awake, sleeping, but not really sleeping. Awake, but not really awake. Half asleep. So, Kigong, what would be an example? The Kari Leva'ani, you call the person, he says, yeah, huh, what? Um, if you ask him something that requires some thought, he won't know. He won't be able to think about it. He won't be able to sort of respond to you in a, in a, in a, in a, in a you know in a thoughtful way, um, a way that well, I don't mean thoughtful that way. But if you remind him, midker he'll remember. Meaning, like if you say, "Where did you leave the keys?" This is what the Rashbam says, huh? What? But he said, "Oh, did you leave the keys in your jacket?" I says, "Yeah, yeah." What I says, "No, I don't know." But anyway, so if you <laughs> so so he can sort of if you, if you sort of get the thinking process started for him, he can respond. Bond, but he can't actually generate his own thinking about something. So that's a very lovely description, and you can totally understand what, <laughs> understand what it's talking about. Okay. Abai have a Yosef come to Rabbah. Abai was sitting in front of Rabbah. He saw that Rabbah was dozing off in the middle of Shir. Has that ever happened to you, falling asleep in the middle of your, of, of, of your own talking? <laughs> anyway, I think it has happened to me once. Anyway, Abelay. <laughs> what? I do remember reading bedtime stories. And falling asleep as you're reading and you the stories. Exactly. Minim Kanaimar. Were you dozing? Yes, I was dozing. I was dozing, but it wasn't a deep sleep. It's not. And we thought, and that it's not a problem because I was only dozing. Now, what was the problem? 
So the Rashbam says the problem was was that he wanted to continue eating his meal at Lel Seder and um, the assumption that the same way by the Pesach if some people fall asleep you don't continue we would apply the same thing by the Lel Seder and by the Matzah. Now that's really taking the symbolism of the Matzah pretty far. Don't just wrap it together with Maros for, for like Hillel. Don't just have a Kazai Bachrona. But like what? Don't eat it Bishnei Mekomos? So I can't go ahead and take my Matzah and then go over and finish the Seder at your house? Because it has to be Zeichel When do we ever say anything like that? So Tosa says we're not talking about that at all. He was just using this Mishnah as a as an, an analogy or as an example. But the question he was ask, actually asking was, and I have to remind myself, um, was two 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 a minute. I'm trying to find it. One minute. Oh. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, maybe within the Rashbam. No, hold on. Maybe he himself gave the other reason. No, there definitely was a Tosos that said a different reason. Hold on one second. Oh, oh, oh. It was the earlier one. Shalom Yakru Mechabura Chabura. One minute. Yeah, here he says like this. Gabitanis. It was the end of the Tosos Amarav on Kufriyot Hedamadbet. He says, Ubi Yushami Mefarish Laha Gabitanis. Damrina and the Tanis Yashan Asr Ah, that was a case. That if you were planning on doing a Tanis the next day, as soon as you fell asleep, it would then it would become us of you to eat. That would be like Hatchalas Atanis. Okay, it was like Erev Tishabav, and you fell asleep Erev Tishabav. So then that would be the beginning of your Tanis because you would not, you know, because you were, because that would like, you know, you weren't planning on being awake and to, when, when the fast started. So, it, it, so he says that was the case, that he was only dozing off, it wasn't a deep sleep, so the falling asleep wasn't a Hatzchalas Tanis for him. Okay, so it was another area, halachically, in which falling asleep mattered, and he used the position of Rabbi Yossi to say, when we talk about cases where falling asleep matters, it's only talking about a deep sleep, not this, not this half asleep, this dozing type of a thing. Yes? Did you comment that in our day you continue to say there in another yeah, I mean, that's not, yeah, that's not what? Yeah, that's what I understand. I mean, I thought we do say that if you sleep, there's an Indian about Mina Imi Afikoman or whatever it is. There's an Indian of not even Afikoman after midnight because according to this assumption here, in terms of going to sleep, I mean, Tozo certainly says it's not an issue that it was only by Pesach. You, um, but, how, but the other question then is how far do we take this? In other words, if we're saying that you have to eat it by, by midnight, death with Pesach, mm-hmm. then yeah. we say that any mafia have over is no sarn, I can't eat it in another No, so that's, no, that's the so whole point. Tosach is, well, okay, so let's read a little bit more in the Gemara and talk about it. But Tosach completely rejects the idea that you should start applying Chilchos, Korban Pesach to the Mats and to other Achilas. And reads this whole case here to be about other areas like Atanias where the question about <coughs> sleeping is relevant and using this model. So now let's talk about this issue of time. So it says like this. So you see from Chatzos is when it's Nosar. That's clearly the point of the Mishnah. Mantana, who's the Tana? Amar of Yosef, Rebbe Lezeb and Azariya, who is Rebbe Lezeb and Azariya. The Tanya, we turn to Brayse, Rebbe Achulos, Abbasar, Belayla, Hazet. Rebbe Lezeb and Azariya, Omer. Nemar, Kan, Belayla, Hazet. Says, this night you eat the meat. And Nemar, Lalan, Vavarti, Beret, Mitzrayim, Belayla, Hazet. I'll pass through Mitzrayim this night. Malahalan, Ad Chatzos. The same way the Laila Hazet of Mitzrayim meant, it was an event that occurred at Chatzos. Excuse me, so you could say until Chatzos was the key moment. Avkan at Chatzos, here to the midst of Achilles Matzah, is only until Chatzos. Amalo Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva said to him, Chipazon, it says, you know, that you should, and that, is an, that connects to another event of the Yetzirah Mitzrayim. Adshat Chipazon, the time when they were rushed, when they were rushed out, right, and Lo and they pushed him out of the land, and so it means until the morning. In Balaila. So why did it have to say Balaila? Why did it say Balaila Hazer? Why did it say Balaila? Just learn it from Chipazon. Because logically, when should you start eating the Korban Pesach? Like all other sacrifices, the day you bring it. So that's what it had to tell you night. To tell you that you start eating it only at night and not the day before. Rabbi Akiva, hi, Hazer, my So why did it use the word Hazer, which suggests this idea of Chatzot to Rabbi Yezer ben Azariah? No, to tell you that you don't eat, you don't start eating it at night, but then go through the next day and maybe even through the next night. 
Tzalkatayitchamina, I would have thought whole oh, Pesach Kachim Kalim, Vishlamin Kachim Kalim, Pesach and Kachim are both Kachim Kalim, meaning they're eaten by their owners in Yerushalayim. The same way Shlomim was eaten two days and the intervening night. Let me, by Pesach, reverse days and nights and have and do the same. You know, but in the reverse. So you start eating it at night, but maybe if it just said Balayla, I would have said you eat it through the second night. You don't know. Which spoke yet. So therefore it said Hazet to tell you you only have one night. So don't start telling me Hazet means Chatzos. Hazet means eat it at night and only this night. Rabbi Lezeb and Azayi Amalukha. Rabbi Lezeb and would respond to you. You could learn it out from Adboka that you only have that night. And Hazet is superfluous. Rabbi Akiva Amalukha. Rabbi Akiva would say back. If it's Torah, not Hazet. My Boker. What does it mean? Don't leave it over till the morning. Boker Shani. The morning of the second night. Whenever it says boker, it means the first boker. Okay. So that's the whole discussion. Does it, is it eaten only until chatzos? Now we get to the translation, bizman hazeh. Amar rabba. Achol matzah bizman hazeh, achol chatzos. So matzah is tied to the Pesach, and it also would not apply after chatzos. Now, is that because matzah symbolizes the Pesach? No. It is not because it symbolizes the Pesach, it's because it's linked to the Pesach. Right? The same way the Haggadah is linked to the Matzah. If the Matzah isn't Del Raisa, the Haggadah isn't Del Raisa. So the Matzah is linked to the Pesach in terms of the time, but not because of its symbolism, because of the way it's linked. And that's what the Gemara says. Pita, it's obvious, the Gemara was, it was obvious, it wasn't obvious to me at all. It's connected to the Pesach. Not that it symbolizes, but it says, So this is a fascinating idea. Even when we make it into Dependent mitzvah, its time is linked to the time of the Pesach. I might have thought, no, the Pesach removes it from its linkage because it says it's an independent mitzvah. Kamash Malan, so he's teaching me, the Rav is teaching me, the Chiahadre Kra, when it restores it to its, um, um, when it restores it first, it, 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 it makes it a non, a, not an obligation at all. And then when it restores it and creates it as an obligation on the first night, that obligation retains some linkage to the Pesach. So yes, it is independent. It was removed. I think I mis- misread it. It was not that it was detached it by making an independent mitzvah. It first detached it by making it not a mitzvah at all, right? It's Rishos. And then when it restored it and emphasized that it was an independent mitzvah, it still is an independent mitzvah, but it's link- it remains linked to the Korban Pesach. So again, that is a big chiddish. You say, like, make up your mind, okay? Um, but here it's a way, you know, it's, it's, uh, we have this idea that if the Pesach is until Chatzos, even Matzah, which applies these manas that without the Pesach, is limited to the Pesach as well. And then the Haggadah would also be limited to Chatzos as well if Haggadah is limited to Matzah. So that's why people are mocked to try to get to the Afikomen by Chatzos and to try to, you know, finish up Magid by Chatzos, etc. Although we say, Hayim Esapim B'Tis Mitzrayim Koloso Halayla. And I'll remind you, who was one of the people that was Mesopin B'Tis Mitzrayim Koloso Halayla? Who says that the Matzah is at Chatzos. According to Rava, says that it's at Chatzos. So how do you fit that in? So there's interesting discussions. Maybe he was just doing it to be polite. But, uh, but no, but there's interesting discussions that even if he says the matzah is linked to the Pesach, are there elements of Magid that aren't linked to the matzah that would go the whole night? But that is why people, even if they do the Magid after Chatzos, are Magid, and who has, you know, to get to the Afikom and by Chatzos, because maybe we rule like Rebbe Lezeb and does not know who we rule by. He goes back and forth who we rule by, and that's why you'll see some people are Magid. I know somebody who basically, you know, made sure that before Chatzos he ate a second Kezayis of Matzah, and then the Chatzos passed, and then he kept on eating and kept on doing Magid. Why? Because he said, look, if the Allah is like Rebbe Lezeb and Azariah, then you have to finish by Chatzos, but then after Chatzos there should be no problem of continuing to eat, because the, ta- the relevant time, the same way there's oh, no wow. problem of eating the next morning. So therefore, he said, all he did was he ate a Kezayis, an extra Kezayis before Chatzos, he had two Hafi comes, I can't imagine, and that let him really be Mesopi, Vitesh Mitzrayim, Kolos, Alayla, because Mimanushach, either we don't rule like Rebbe Lezeb and Azariah, and it wasn't a problem, or quite as Rebbe Lezeb and Azariah, it's also not a problem if I eat after Chatzos. I thought that was very cute. Anyway, but that is, one minute, that is the issue about 
whether matzah and therefore and therefore afikomen, you know, whether that needs to be done. If you think that the mitzvah matzah is the afikomen, going back to the earlier discussion, and we will like Rebbe and Azaria, you would have to eat the afikomen before chatzos. But that all that is questionable. Number one, what's the mitzvah matzah? Number two, whether we will like Rebbe Eliezer ben Azaria. Now, I wanted to say. Well, do I want to say anything else? Um, no, I guess that was, I guess that's, ba- that's basically it. Yeah, there's a whole question about how this chatzos ties into the chatzos in the first mission, Brachos, that okay. says all korbanos are supposed to be until chatzos. The basic short answer to that is that, if you remember that first mission, Brachos, that was also says Kriyashma is supposed to be until chatzos, but then whose children was it that came home from Rabbi Gamliel? Yeah. yeah, and they, and he said, oh, well, it's okay, it's not Amur Shachar yet, you can still say it. So Tosin says that at chatzos is Bidiyevit, if you missed it, you still go ahead and say Kriyashma, and the same way by Korbanos, but even if you miss Chatzos, you still go ahead and eat it. But according to Rebbe Lezer ben Azariah, Pesach is because of Vavati Beret Mitzrayim Belayu Hazeh, it Mamish becomes Noser after Chatzos. Yes, Michael. I thought Tosos tried to uh, allocate roles to every part of our, uh, you know, our, our ritual and say that. I thought we didn't base it on that earlier. Did you say that that really is like, can I get the Pesach? Yeah, if that's what he was saying. Then we, you know, then but there's he has something left over from Apikoman. Okay, right? there's a degree you don't want to start in, imposing all of the Hilchos Kovim Pesach on. What can I tell you? There's something to say. It sort of symbolically represents it. It's another thing to say that you start applying all the halachas to it. Tosus is very, mu- very much makes that point that we don't. Is very, you know, because then they would have all of those consequences about, you know. So uh, it was the one about Amarav on the on the Kufiyot Haramid Bet. Charlie, what's the question? Okay, so now we've got. The whole eatings of all the different parts of the matzah, and why some people are mocked to get to the afikomen by chatzos, assuming that's the mitzvah, and assuming that we might rule like Rebbe Lezer Azari, it's not clear how we rule. Okay, let's finish this up. So people in Noser make their hands tamei. Let's see why. Ravuna Rav They both explain this mishnah, and they were both explaining different parts, as we'll see. One people and one Noser. One says the concern is kohanim who are suspect suspect that they wanted that they maybe fight the owner so they're going to have a pegle thought to invalidate the korban um, or maybe they're just going to try to plan to eat it later of course they should realize that planning it is just going to make things worse but anyway yeah. but let's say that they have, that we're afraid they're going to do things to spite the owners and we don't want them to actively do pegle no it's because we're afraid that Kohanim are going to be lazy um, you know they're not going to be conscientious uh, and make sure that they finish the meat at the right time so now how much meat causes tumah one says a kezayis one says a kebeza now the Gemara explains it in terms of the first issue of whether it's because of suspect or or because you're what do you call it um, or because you're lazy so one was referring to the concern of Pigo so Pigo we said you'll be Tomei because we want to prevent Pokanim from from you know um, willfully making the thing Pigo so therefore because of that concern that Kani might do it the consequence will be that it'll be Tomei and the other said the reason for Nosar is Tomei is because Kani will be lazy so there's the reason for people being Tommy and the reason for no Tommy. Now, of course, the interesting thing about both of these is that the biblical prohibition of Los Asirmi Menuat Boker, or the biblical prohibition of not making people Lo Yechadev, is not going to stop them. But Tommy, you know, and that, the Gemara has said before, that the way some people have, you know, right, have a taboo around certain things, and uh, which are more, you know, way more than the actual weight of the prohibition. So, therefore, making a Tommy, oh my God, Tommy, that's, that's deeply ingrained reigns in them that when they're in the base of Mikdash they can't become Tame. Okay, now Mangitani Apigul, Mishum Khashik I just did that. Uh, so if you're talking about Pigul you emphasize Khashikuna you're talking about the them being lazy. Now the Kazaya Kibetsa is is not a difference between Pigul and Nosa. Kazaya Kibetsa is a basic debate about both of them. And let's see what that debate is about. The one that says a kezayis is because where what is the isser of eating this? The isser of eating nosar, not of making it nosar, but of eating it is a kezayis. The isser of eating people is a kezayis. So therefore, since there's a concern that now this is something forbidden to be eaten and so on, when we're going to make it tamay, so the amount will be the significant amount. A significant amount for this is a kezayis. And therefore, already a kezayis will be tamay. And manda amar kebetsa ki The other says, no, standard tumah is a size of a kebetsa. 
And therefore, even though this is macholos asuros in the in the world of tuma, the significant size is a kabetza, an egg size, and therefore only an egg size will become tame. Now, what should we do? Do you want to leave the last? We have ten minutes. Do you want to leave? Let's finish. You know what? I can do. Here's what I will do. Let's finish to the end of the amud, and then the. T- Six lines or whatever, four lines, whatever. We will finish at the seum tomorrow. And we won't have okay? a shear. And we won't have a shear. Right. Okay. So birch birchas a pesach patzer shel Now again, all the new signs at the end are talking about eating the korban pesach. If you make the bracha on the pesach, you exempt other korbanot like the chagiga, um, the eating of the chagiga that you would eat with it, or if you brought a uh, like a shlamim on erev pesach. You mean the pesach later? You now nah, what? You mean the well. So that's the question, right? What order are you eating it in? Also, also, it's very funny, right? You make the bracha, bracha By the way, it never tells you what the bracha is. It never told you what the bracha is for achilas matzah. But anyway, let's assume the bracha is pesach or That's what the Rashbam says. Okay, or no, he says lechol hapesach because the lamed is opposed to the al so at the beginning. Lechol hapesach, lechol hazevach. So how could the bracha of lechol hapesach include a chagiga? And Michael also asks the question: When are you making that bracha? If you're eating the pesach at the end, but then the alasova, then uh, you ate the chagiga before to fill you up. So these are all very good questions. Look, you could start you maybe start eating the pesach earlier and then eat it, you know, and then make sure you eat a kizayis at the end. So you end with it. Um, so that's possible if you don't emphasize the concern that you'll be ravenous and break bones. But it is a very good question about that whole issue about, you know, how does it even happen? How does the bracha work? And how does it even happen that that's the order you're doing it? It sounds like you're somewhat eating them both together <coughs> and making sure, though, that you'll, let's say, based on the previous discussion, that you eat some Pesach at the end. Birech et zevach, but the bracha on the, kor- on the other korban, le- lechol hazevach, lo patr shel pesach, does not exempt. The uh, logic would have been the opposite. Yeah. Lechol hazevach, zevach is a generic term. Ve'amartem zevach pesach hu Hashem, right? So zevach could include the pesach. Even Rabbi Yishmael, that's what Rabbi Yishmael says. We'll see why in the Gemara. Rabbi Kiva Omer, lo zu patr zu, lo zu patr zu. Neither one exempts the other. So Gemara wants to explain the difference, since, of course, anyway, you know, Rabbi Kivi understand each one is distinct. Rabbi Shemal should have been the reverse. Let's see what the Gemara says. To Shatim Salomar, when you sort of consider it, Ludiva Rabbi Shemal, Zrika Bechlau Shvicha, the Lo Shvicha Bechlau Zrika. For Rabbi Shemal, throwing the blood is included in spilling, but spilling is not included in throwing. What does that mean? For all Korbanot, other than Pesach and Bechor, you throw the blood. You stand at a distance and you throw it against the corner of, you know, the corners, the two corners, and it splatters on the two walls. Other than a chatas, where you apply it with your finger. But everything else, you throw it. By the Pesach, we learn what says, Vidam Zvachecha Yishafeich, that that applies to the Pesach, and you stand next to it and you pour it against the wall and it hits, and it hits the base. So the question is, um, um, what do you call it? The question is, what if you did Shvicha for a normal Korban, or what if you did Zrika for a Korban Pesach? So the Gemara says that according to Rabbi, Rabbi Ishmael, that the bracha on the Pesach exempts the Korban, Zrika bichlal Shvicha means that when the Torah says to do, um, to do Zrika, hold on one second, let me just check one thing. Um, Shvicha can count as Zrika. One minute, yeah, well, right, hold on. Right, that zrika, thank you. That zrika can count as sh- that, that that if you did shvicha on another korban, okay, it would work. Zrika bichlal shvicha. It's a funny. Way, it's like it's a little confusing. What I'm saying, but anyway, but yeah. Anyway, this is the way the Rashbam tells us to explain it. That an, a korban that requires zrika, that you could also do shvicha for that korban. So therefore, the brach on the pesach, because the, what you did with the blood of the pesach, you could in theory have done with the blood of the other korban. That exempts it. The low, not lechatzila. The low shvicha bichlal zrika, but it's the opposite is not true. A korban that you do that you do um, uh, uh, something that you do shvicha for for the pesach you could not have done Zrika for. So therefore, when the brach on the Zevach doesn't count for the Pesach, because what you did with the blood of the Zevach, the Zrika, you could not have done for the Pesach. Neither are included in the other. Now I have to tell you, I don't understand this. Besides the language, Dechlau is a little confusing. But anyway, what the heck difference does that make? You're not making a bracha on the hakravas hakorban. You're making a bracha on the achilas hakorban. Mm-hmm. And the word zevach includes a pe- can include mm-hmm. pesach. Pesach planting. How can a bracha share kishanim to zevach tzivano al achilas hapesach or lechol hapesach say? Oh, that includes the other korban because in theory I could have done what I could have done shvich on the other on the other korban. 
What does that have to do with the bracha of Lechol HaPesach? So I really, Bichlal, don't understand this, you know, how the Gemara tries to connect this issue of what you do with the blood to the bracha on the eating of the korban. We will end tomorrow with to everyone. Okay. Uh, is the, is, um, of the Shabbat Shalom of the Shabbat Shalom